0: this is Rachel McElroy.
1: Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And
0: this is wonderful. This is
1: a show about finding the bright points of light in the darkness. And I I wish somebody else was doing wonderful so that I could listen to it this week, (laughs) because it's been, how would I describe this week? It has been a sort of barf covered nightmare yes a sort of i just realized as i was sitting down to record that i actually have a little bit of baby vomit on my jacket that i'm wearing now and i was surprised by that right but then like thinking about it why was i surprised by that because what objects in this house (laughs) don't at least have a little bit of that stuff on there somewhere uh
0: so sunday our our baby boy now 10 months old came down with some kind of stomach bug uh that still plagues him on and off still this hitting day. still hitting uh hit griffin pretty oh hard.
1: yeah got me good Started on me. tuesday yeah nipped me good got deep down in my gullies and made um, some stuff happen down there
0: i will say knock on wood
1: rachel hadn't gotten it but this weekend i'm looking forward to <laughs> it's I have it, not
0: gotten it yet it, i unlike the other boys in this house Big hand washer.
1: <laughs> I wash my hands. Don't say that, Henry doesn't <laughs> because he's a baby. It doesn't know how. But I wash my hands all the time. I honestly think Henry went on a fucking cruise by himself, like mm-hmm. without telling us. Brought home some of that good, good oceanic norovirus. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, Dad, Dad, kissy kiss time. And I was like, oh, here we go. And then passed it on to me. I yeah. think it was. In, I think it was intentional. I think he is.
0: You know what it is too. What so is it? our son has been pretty much constantly teething. Which means he puts everything in his mouth all yeah, the time. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Which sure. babies do anyway, but him especially at this juncture.
1: He's a real typhoid Jerry, is what he is. <laughs> uh, but we're, that's why this episode's late. Sorry about that. I was dying yesterday, but now I'm doing okay. I'm stabilized. So we're going to talk about some stuff. If I'm being honest, like the stuff that I could bring is I binge watched all of The Good Place. It was a good little show. Yeah, I'm so glad you from did. From Michael Schur, who made Parks and Rec, which we talked about last week um it's good it took a little while for it to click with me i watched like the first five episodes a while ago and then kind of fell off but it it does some interesting stuff there at the end and i'm all cut up so we have another show we can watch together also like ginger ale i could talk a lot about ginger ale specifically verner's which we don't have but you know that's my jam i can get
0: that for you if you want i got i got a
1: guy you got a is it verner himself (laughs) no is it verner herzog
0: it's the liquor store i'm verner
1: herzog life is meaningless but my ginger ale is amazing (laughs) Um, I started last week. Do you want to kick things off this week?
0: Yeah, of course. What you got? Um, trying to decide between my topics. I think I'm going to go with a particular artist I'm excited about right now and okay. a particular song by that artist. Ooh, The artist is Lizzo.
1: Lizzo. You remember seeing her? Yeah, at ACL? we saw Lizzo at ACL. Tell me all. The, I, 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 I have listened to a little bit of Lizzo stuff on Spotify. By the way, I also have a musical artist. So this is going to oh, be a fun. very musical episode. Um, so yeah, I've heard a little bit of Lizzo, but can you tell me some more about Lizzo?
0: Yeah. So Lizzo has been making albums since 2010. Um, I first saw her at a, a Minnesota showcase at South by Southwest. It was after you moved here. I think it was, uh, 2013 okay. maybe um i don't know if it was the minneapolis or minnesota showcase but she was touring for a while with Harmar Superstars.
1: superstar oh shit cool okay
0: um and she's she's kind of uh, a solo hip-hop artist although she does always have backup dancers
1: the backup um, dancers were an enormous component yes. of the show that i saw there is a lot of sort of uh choreographed moments yes. in it that were yes. pretty exceptional
0: Uh, She also opened for Sleater Kenny in 2015 How great is that?
1: Uh, Unusual pairing, but I'm very, very into it
0: Uh, The song that I'm excited about is actually from 2016 It's called Good As Hell
1: Oh, that's a very good one Mm -hmm. And because of Radio Magic, we can play a clip of it right now I do my hair
0: This is actually from the movie Shop, the next cut, which I did not see.
1: I did not see that either, but that's great. Uh, hey, wait, did you, when you say from, was it like the... like was, it was it, on the soundtrack. But was it made for the movie? Um, Probably not, right?
0: I, if you watch the music video, there are a lot of scenes inside a barbershop.
1: Oh, there's a music video. Okay.
0: Yes. Uh, so the reason I like this song, besides it just being a jam... Uh, is it's kind of a breakup song, but it's done in a way where there is not a lot of dwelling on the person that has left the relationship, okay. you know? yeah. Like the whole message is, it's over, feel good about yourself. Yeah. Like, get it. And I like that. I like that a lot too. There's a lot of breakup songs that are very much dwelling on how terrible the person was that has wronged them. Sure. And how angry they are. And that, I mean, that might have some catharsis with this, but for me, I like the songs that are like, Hey, you're, you're incredible.
1: Yeah. Good luck out there. Trying to think of other examples of this um
0: i like florence and the machines dog days are over oh yeah that's a really good one
1: yeah sure
0: uh because there's not a lot of focus on the x there's just focus on the like we are coming out of this stronger yeah sure i like that a lot um so the the line the only line that really references the x that i like is uh it says if he don't love you anymore just walk your fine ass out
1: the door how great is That's that? very good. That's so this great. is probably her most popular song, right?
0: Um, she's got a couple other ones, but yeah, I think. I mean, she's got some recent singles. Actually, the uh, her more recent is a uh, coconut oil which uh this is another fun fact about Lizzo. Lizzo from 8th grade through college played the flute and the piccolo and marching band.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, this is not a factor in her act as far as I can tell. Well,
0: in the Single Coconut Oil, she plays the flute.
1: Oh, that's extremely How great good.
0: Is that? Um but she so I read this interview with her uh where she talks about kind of her philosophy of recently. Um And she said, I felt like I had maxed the level of self-love and I started to move into self-care, which is super important and still super important. I was kind of creating a foundation of strength so that when these building blocks get higher and higher, the harder it is to knock me down. When you listen to these songs, you don't hear any vulnerability. You hear a lot of strength. I think I needed that as my thumbprint in the world and as my first adventure into the mainstream and major label world. I think I needed that as my identity. I'm really proud of these songs. She's referencing coconut oil uh, on the EP that came out, um, and I just, I just, I like, I like her, her attitude. Yeah, that's it a, just,
1: that's an incredible message, and and her music really is like, uh, it is empowering, but it is also like. Uh, like you said earlier a fucking jam like yeah. this was we went to acl last year you were a hundred months pregnant yes. and i was really worried because like i don't really go to outside i think is what mm-hmm. people call it i don't go to outside very much like i hadn't been i used to go to music festivals all the time but now they bring me a lot of anxiety and so it's kind of anxious but i also recognized like this is our last chance to do something like this before we have a baby and then our first thing that we went to is lizzo yeah. And I it was, was like I was like, okay. One I'm, in the
0: afternoon or now something. Now I'm fucking
1: ready to take on the day. Yeah. And it ended up being like a really terrific day because Lizzo filled me with with strength and power yes. and, and vitality. Yeah. Uh it's so really good.
0: Not taking away from any of the the women that do uh kind of scorned uh ex-lover songs but i'm really feeling lizzo right now and and the kind of the empowerment she brings
1: yeah sure in all of her all of her songs yes. have that connective tissue um that's great yeah lizzo's great now you made me want to go listen to lizzo mm. i'm gonna save my music one for the second okay. one so we don't do them back to back so my other thing that i'm going to talk about this week is naps <laughs> Uh, and maybe this one is sort of illness fueled because I took, I've taken probably a cumulative total of about eight hours of naps over the last two did days. Did you do
0: research on naps?
1: I did. I did a lot of oh research on naps. Um, I love a nap. I love a good nap. Sometimes. <laughs> naps sometimes can, t- can twist on me because sometimes I'll take like, an hour nap. And that's never going to be. That's naps, never going to be great.
0: Naps hit Griffin like a bolt of lightning. Like I will be sitting with him on the couch and he will turn to me and he will just say as if uh, a light bulb appeared over his head. I think I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. And I then will, he will just do it. He will just go. I'll just and go and, and I'll it. do
1: it. I work hard and I play hard is the thing, <laughs> thing that I made up about me. <laughs> I made up. I work hard and I play hard. I made up Hobarty's Nerfict and mm-hmm. I made up. What are some other ones I made up? Same cl- um, same Clowns, Different Circus. Or yeah,
0: saying hashtag anything. That hashtag was
1: anything. I invented the mm-hmm. hashtag.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> Winning. Charlie Sheen got that from me. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, yeah, those are all things that I came up with. So, uh, NAPS. Are really terrific, and you get them in the middle of the day, and you're good to go. There's a cutoff point. I think at like for me, it's like 3 p.m. Can't take a nap after 3 p.m. because yeah. then it's too close to sleep. How time.
0: early can you take a nap though?
1: I I, I, I mean, I push you, the I push yeah. the boundaries. I've of, seen
0: you attempt a nap at like 9 a.m.
1: Well, it's because we'll like it. You know, you'll usually get up with Henry first, and then I'll mm-hmm. chill with him. But there are some days where like if he gets up super early, I will get up with him, and it's like. Five, yeah. 35, and I just like can't. Like, <laughs> once he once he is back down, it's like, okay, I'll, I will. That's the thing they say about babies is like, you sleep when they sleep.
0: That's and my so that I don't, is for me, that is the most satisfying nap ever yeah, now
1: because you earned it. You worked for that nap.
0: It's like, he is asleep. We are all asleep.
1: It's very good. Yes. It's good. Um, I also like I have a bad habit of staying up too late at night because I, it is, It is unless I'm like dog tired, it is actually kind of tough for me to fall asleep at night. And so, if I have a bad night and I am up late and then the baby wakes up early, like you know, a nap's going to happen before 10 a.m., like guaranteed. Um, naps are really terrific, though. And so, I did some research about naps, um, specifically about the idea of the power nap, uh, which is a 20 minute long nap that you take in the yeah, middle of the is day. Is that
0: actually good?
1: So, the idea with the power nap is that it 20 minutes will terminate the nap before slow wave sleep, which so it's like before you get in like a a particularly deep REM cycle. Okay. So it's just like your body shuts down for like 20 minutes and then you just get a little little get up and go. That's That's what fucks me up is the hour long nap is like I, I am asleep. I am up asleep, I'm unconscious. Yeah, but 20 out.
0: minutes doesn't seem like it could actually be restorative at all.
1: That It is the generally sort of general consensus, like best time. I think it's between 18 and 26 minutes is like the ideal time to get in there before you hit slow wave. Uh, and you know I don't get in there with that slow wave.
0: Um, Are you going to talk about Paziz at all?
1: Okay, so we had an app that Justin turned me on to. There was, what was it, Paziz... There was like a a nap paziz and a sleep paziz. And this is an app where a gentleman with a deep, wonderful voice would talk to you. Hello, it's time to release all of the stresses of the day. Let them drip down to your toes. Like very much like deep sleep hypnosis shit. And so for the sleep app, it would just be like, I'm going to talk to you for however long you want me to. And then it'll shut off. And usually there's some soothing like you know, waves and music and shit, but it was kind of like a guided meditation into sleep, and then the nap time one is just, you set how long you want your nap to go, and he'll just talk to you the whole time. I swore by it. I remember talking to you about Pizzizz the day we met, or at uh. least the weekend we met. I was like, hey, what's up? I'm Griffin. I'm from Chicago. I think I'm in love with you, but I use this app, <laughs> this guided meditation nap app. Um,
0: yeah, you played it for me, and I remember making worked. fun of you that, that you needed the gentle voice of a
1: man to get you the to The most soothing gentle voice of the most soothing gentle man. Uh, you used it once, though, didn't you? Haven't you used it before? I know I you've like napped it, with me while yeah, I used it. I feel
0: like you've you've tried to get me it, into hey, it. Hey,
1: it works. It works. That's all uh, I'm gonna say. Okay. Um but I don't really use it anymore. I just like a good nap because I you I'm,
0: have got me hooked on that white noise though. I need that.
1: Now. Oh yeah, I gotta use white noise, no matter what. We have a air purifier in our room, which does it for me most of the do time.
0: You, do you want to talk about the pillows too or no?
1: I We've talked enough about the pillows. <laughs> I sleep with four pillows, one under the head, a second one under the head, and then one for my elbows where they connect and one on my knees where they connect. Which th- those latter two can be fulfilled by one long body pillow. That's I actually it.
0: bought a body pillow for Griffin.
1: And, it was a really amazing gift. I use yeah. it every day.
0: It actually got me more pillows, too. I got access to you my got, pillows It unlocked
1: <laughs> two more pillows for Rachel. So, okay, 20 minutes can help refresh the mind, improve overall alertness, boost mood, and increase productivity. Napping may benefit the heart. In a six-year study of Greek adults, researchers found that men who took naps at least three times a week had a 37% lower risk of heart-related death. That's pretty good. That's significant. That's extremely good. Um, and so there's like a lot of research into like, uh, sleep, uh, being introduced in the middle of the day and various health benefits. And some of it is kind of tenuous. Like even that one, uh, the, the 37% lower, uh, risk of heart related death is like, well, okay. But if you're able to take a nap in the middle of the day, yeah, that probably a an, says a lot of other things about the lifestyle that you are living vis a vis like employment and stress and, all kinds I, of other stuff
0: i literally no joke today thought about going out to my car and taking a nap in the parking lot uh because i was so dead tired
1: yeah there so the, I, I except for a very few like extreme cases like in most western cultures like napping during the workday is not acceptable right i think that there are probably some like Startup up sort of environment places like yeah. Google, Google definitely has those nap pods that you can go to huge beanbag chairs and like I I've worked from home for a decade and I cannot imagine not having that available to me because like sometimes I will go and I will eat my lunch in four minutes and then I'll just nap a roo. I'll just get i I'll get a quick nap, nappy uh, nap in there. It's really good. I don't mean to brag. Great. Um, but there are other cultures, uh, specifically in, uh, the Mediterranean and, uh, Southern Europe and Spain, uh, where the siesta is like a, a thing. The, the a siesta is like the post, post lunch sleep yeah. session. Uh, it is, uh, the, what is, according to Wikipedia, the traditional daytime sleep of Spain and through Spanish influence, the Philippines and many, many Hispanic American countries. Uh, what I, so I was reading about the siesta because obviously like I, I, I know what it is, but I don't know like how widely it is practiced or why it is practiced. Uh, factors explaining the geographical distribution of the modern siesta are high temperatures and heavy intake of food at the midday meal, literally like, it's because it's hot and you just ate a bunch of food at noon. And now yeah. it's time to just go to sleep for a little bit. That is, like, sort of the uh, most common explanation for where the siesta came from. Um, and so, like, I've heard of the siesta, right? But uh, apparently it is not as... And, I again, this is just sort of a cursory search that I did. But in Spain, at least... Uh, Today, it's not like super prevalent. It is not like everyone does it. Um, in modern Spain, the midday nap during the working week largely has been abandoned among uh, the adult working population. According to a 2009 survey, 16.2% of Spaniards polled claimed to take a nap daily, whereas 22% did so sometimes, 3.2% weekends only, and the remainder, 58.6%, never. So at least in Spain, it's not like Every, it's like ding dong, ding dong. Oh, it's noon. Good night. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, with a global economy, I, I imagine that you can't say, Oh, I would love to meet with
1: you via sure.
0: teleconference at two, but I will be, napping. I, I will
1: be napping. Um, obviously there are other countries in which this is practiced and I don't have those exact sp- uh, statistics, but, um, I thought that was interesting. I also wanted to talk about polyphasic sleep or biphasic sleep. I guess if you sleep from, you know, 10 PM to 7 AM and then you get a nap in there, you're, you have two sleep cycles throughout the day. That's biphasic sleep. And anything more than that is is polyphasic sleep. And this is something that, like, it's mostly apocryphal, but, like, people will talk about different sort of geniuses and polymaths throughout history, and it's like, oh, Benjamin Franklin, you know, yes. you would sleep... There's very little like evidence of may- maybe Benny Frank
0: about Ben Franklin. Benny
1: Franklin probably did. He's probably got some shit on the books, but like people say, like oh Plato only slept blah blah blah. Uh, but the idea is that like you have a sleep schedule where you just take little naps every few hours or so, and that is all that you do. That sounds um, terrible to me. It sounds really really bad to me. Uh, it's designed though for those who have lifestyles requ- re- requiring 24 plus hours of wakefulness in a day. Actually, it wouldn't be in a day because there's only 24 hours in a day, but you know what I mean? Um, or any other sort of scenario where normal, like, circadian sleep rhythms are impossible. So, like, things like if you're in the military uh, yeah. or if you're working for certain emergency services, yeah. it could be something that kind of makes sense. Uh, there's a sleep researcher named Sarah Mednick who wrote a book called Take a Nap. Uh, about this topic and she says this practice rests upon one important hypothesis that our biological rhythms are adaptable that means we can train our internal mechanisms not only when to sleep and wake but when to get hungry have energy for exercise perform mental activities uh, inferred in this hypothesis is that we have the power to regulate our mood metabolism core body temperature endocrine and stress response basically everything inside this container of flesh we call home it's a tall fucking order and this is why it is not something that most people do. Yeah. Um, the generally like understood sort of, uh, analysis of this thing is that acclimating to a polyphasic sleep spec- schedule is extremely difficult. And any success stories that have come out of it are mostly anecdotal and it's pretty much unsustainable for a normal yeah. person.
0: Yeah. Anybody I know that has worked night shifts has never really been able to switch over.
1: Yeah. So that's the most extreme nap case. I'm a huge advocate for taking a midday nap because like I, I genuinely have had days where I can't imagine not having them in the middle of it. Um, and some days coffee just don't cut it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Big fan of naps.
0: Yeah. No, I, um, I've noticed a change in you, uh, as a napper. Oh, I think, I think it's, it's a good pick me up. Although I will say it, it kind of, creates a cycle where you continue to stay up very late at night mm. and nap during the day yeah, um, because you're just kind of reinforcing that habit
1: maybe but i do have day. i don't nap every day i just nap a lot of days <laughs> i'm not like winnie the pooh over here
0: I do love a nap on the weekend, I
1: will A weekend nap is the best. A Saturday night nap, you start up your Saturday, and it's like, anything's possible. And then you (laughs) eat a bunch of French toast, and you're like, one thing is possible. (laughs) And that's me being in bed right now. Yeah. The French toast nap, the heavy breakfast food nap, is a fucking delight. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. This is why I think brunch matters at all
0: oh and thanksgiving naps and christmas and, oh, naps
1: thanks we were robbed of our thanksgiving nap by our selfish baby who just had to be born that day <laughs> <laughs> That selfish selfish i was all ready for a big old turkey belly and to watch my cowboys get up i don't really think that was, get up there and watch that my dallas cowboys get up there and do the great big Pat passes and touchdowns. America's team. And when our I baby say. was like, no, it's labor time. Yeah. Start punching his way out of you. Yeah. Horrible manners. <laughs> um, do you think it's cause all the turkey pushed him out? We've never really talked about this, and maybe this is the exact circumstance where, but Rachel went into labor with our son on Thanksgiving, last Thanksgiving, and I think it's because you ate a bunch of pie. And turkey meat and mashed potatoes, and they just were pushing on him, and he was like, "Oh, I guess it's time to go." Somebody else had got somebody else trying to move into my apartment here. I need to go.
0: I actually, when we showed up at the hospital and I was in labor, I thought like, "Oh, but there's gonna be a lot of women here." Like, I thought like, "This is a thing." Uh, Not. No, we were
1: basically alone. (laughs) Um. Hey, should we talk about our advertisers?
0: I would like to do that uh hey griffin yeah can i steal you
1: away <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <Marcheg> Ooh, happy halloween oh
0: that's nice that's nice i like that although you're, you've you burned it very early
1: <laughs> no you're gonna do it every month mu- every week of the month <laughs> October. okay god we need to figure our fucking costumes and if we're even gonna bother <laughs> we don't leave the house after six anymore so i don't know what the use case of that is
0: it's what we wear when we sit out in front of the house to keep people from rain our doorbell. But kids
1: don't give a shit. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks.
0: Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that?
1: Well, first of all, it would be
0: is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true, because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk?
1: The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food
0: law. (laughs) factor has breakfast they have midday bites they have smoothies uh there's lots of stuff you can get with factor what other things can you get with factor
1: well i'm looking at this menu right now they got a lot of tasty little options for you i'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter did you even know that butter could be tomato (laughs) not me shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters
0: to get 50% off. This message is for Nicole. It is from SC. These last four years together have shown me how incredibly lucky I am to have someone like you in my life. No matter what challenges I face, they're always made easier knowing I'll have you by my side. Even if it does mean I'll always have to buy the fancy Parmesan. Happy anniversary, you nerd. I love you. P.S. You're the cutest. No take backs. (sighs) Oh gosh, that is sweet.
1: It is sweet, but you should not be grousing even a little bit about having to buy the fancy Parmesan. Oh, yeah. that makes it makes a huge is, difference. It's, it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. It, it, it's a huge difference. <laughs> Buying like a cheese that's like a little bit more than the other cheese, it's never not a good idea. Uh, I've got another message. This one is for Alicia, and it's from uh Christally, who says, Uh, Alicia, I hope grad school is fun. Thank you for welcoming me into your family and giving me your parents. I love being your sister, and I'm glad I can talk to you about anything. You are wonderful for spreading your enthusiasm about our big, beautiful green earth by teaching kids and me about the environment and sustainability. That is so sweet. That's very sweet. Alicia, Trying to protect our world. I appreciate that. What a
0: good group of messages.
1: There's a lot of good love in this, In this, I feel God in this podcast tonight. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Adam. And we host The Greatest Generation, and uh, we're here to announce a new show. The Greatest Discovery is Maximum Fun's new podcast about the new Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery. We're going to be recapping every single episode. It's going to be a limited run podcast,
0: and we hope you'll join us. It's a show that we're really excited to watch, and we're really
1: excited to talk about it and provide our signature <laughs> f- and fart joke coverage of a new entry in the Star Trek franchise. So if you like irreverent adult humor irreverence again <laughs> and Star Trek we really hope you'll join us on Tuesdays on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcast do the greatest discovery oh they made us edit dick out of the last promo that we submitted so you should keep that part in the promo <laughs> uh, do you want to do your second thing baby
0: yeah uh, my second thing dandelions
1: <laughs> okay I didn't expect this mm-hmm. from you. I never thought of you as a dandelion person. Mm-hmm. Is it the concept of them or do they fill some sort of role? In- I guess I'll find out. I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> uh,
0: so I, I, okay, dandelions are weeds, Yeah, I was about to say, it's a weed. And they're weed. super obnoxious and uh, that they spread themselves everywhere all over your art all the time. But as far as weeds go, kind of interesting, super lovely
1: yeah they're definitely the dandelions and the is dandelions also the ones that turn into the little puff balls that you can blow around yes why does that happen sometimes they're yellow and sometimes they're little puff balls why does that happen
0: dandelions have uh been thought to evolve from 30 million years ago oh damn dandelions so like when all those continents were still smushed together yeah sure yeah that's incredible uh dandelions also another fun fact uh, they close up at night. Do you know that?
1: Yeah, they they go inside of their little. I didn't know that. Their little husk.
0: Yeah. Uh, A
1: lot going on in these little weeds.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> their scientific name is Taraxacum. <laughs> what are you laughing about?
1: It's just the things that you've selected to talk about. The dan the humble dandelion. It's just it's charming the pants off me.
0: Well, so the dandelion it comes from the French uh, "dent de lion," meaning one more ma- time. Dent de leon, meaning lion's tooth. Oh, okay. I think it's because of those, sh- those leaves, those like sharp pointy leaves yeah, yeah, on dandelions. Yeah. Um, I, so, okay, I'll admit, I don't, I don't think they're wonderful when they're all over my yard, but the dandelion by
1: itself. I like it's the pretty. concept, I like the concept of a yeah. weed with some aesthetic value. Mm-hmm. Like, if roses were weeds, like, wouldn't that be kind of dope? Like, vi- oh man, there's violets all over my fucking yard. There's orchids all over. I hate these orchids.
0: Okay, so to your point, Uh the flower heads mature into spherical seed heads uh called blowballs.
1: That can't be what they're called. That's
0: what it says. Blowballs or clocks.
1: Clock, like C-L-O-C-K?
0: C-L-O-C-K, yes. Uh In both British and American English. Both um, are
1: really good. I don't, I don't know which of those I like, but look at all these clocks. I kind of like blowballs. Blow I mean, blowballs is extremely good. <laughs>
0: uh... So as you know, they contain many single-seeded fruits, uh, and each fruit is attached to uh, fine hairs, which enable wind-aided dispersal over
1: long distances. That's what I like about these guys. That's what I think is cool. These motherfuckers are like, I know how to get there to be a billion of us all over. Yeah,
0: they don't need to be pollinated. You know, they don't need bees. They can just pick up, transport themselves.
1: And you can eat them.
0: Yeah, you can.
1: I've never nor would I ever, but you can sauté these little guys up in a pan and eat them for a little dish, I guess. A
0: little dandelion greens can go in a salad.
1: I always enjoy the concept of it just a thing you can just pick up out the ground and eat. Mhm, me too. Did you ever have a um, like honeysuckle a Honeysuckle, I had a honeysuckle bush in my neighbor Courtney's yard and we'd go mm-hmm. over there and just like pop we just drop some some mm-hmm. suckle um <laughs>
0: that's no i don't like that expression
1: (laughs) we would drop some honeysuckle and it it was so so good Mm -hmm. and i always liked that i always felt like i was fucking swiss family robinson just like Mm -hmm. living off the land having my little drops of you know flower candy
0: yeah they're they're not great for people that have pollen allergies uh but i think that they're lovely for a weed uh i have no problem with them and i just wanted to give a little shout out to the humble dandelion
1: Thank you, Dandelions. <laughs> um, all right, Dandelion. Dent, uh I my last thing is like I mentioned earlier, a musical artist uh, who is Nick Drake, uh, who I mentioned last week. I think yeah, with your the fall somebody, playlist. Yeah, somebody mentioned the fall, fall playlist, and I have a few artists on it. And I mentioned uh, brighter later by Nick Drake, and I realized like um, that I wanted to talk more about Nick Drake because I think he's a super fascinating guy, and his music means like a whole lot to me um and it is like this time of year where it's just like you can attest to this like it's all i listen to i I get these periods especially like right when it starts to cool down i don't know why i i I want to talk more about the phenomenon of seasonal music i don't know why it happens like that but like every fall i have like three or four artists that I I, want to listen to with the windows open and Nick Drake is like chief among them Um, so Nick Drake uh, if you've never heard him before which is pretty unlikely if you've ever seen like a movie or a television show or a commercial uh, is a British folk artist from the 60s and 70s Um, I'm going to play a song here just to like set it up for folks who've never listened before Uh, yeah so this is Pink Moon this is probably uh, one of his best known songs So he, he he is fascinating because uh, Nick Drake has become like widely loved and recognized almost entirely posthumously, like almost completely. Uh, he re- he he received almost no recognition at all in I his day. I
0: didn't realize
1: that. Yeah. Uh, so he he started making music when he was in college. He actually dropped out of Cambridge to start making music um, and. Uh, when, when he was making that music, uh, the thing that kind of defines him, and you can hear it in all of his songs is, and the thing that, like, I appreciate so much about him is he used these very, uh, non-standard guitar tunings, a lot of open tunings, uh, with these, like, weird cluster chords. So, like, just the songs themselves sound very unique, and there is just not very many folk artists like that, uh, out there. There's, like, not a whole lot of music out there that sounds like Nick Drake's music. Um, but also, like, his lyrics were very heart-wrenching and um, poignant, and they were delivered with vocals that were, like, the most gentle vocals of any human being who's ever recorded music before. Um, so he, he released his first album in 1969, uh, Five Leaves Left, uh, in, when he was just 21. And there were a lot of great tracks on it. Time Has Told Me, River Man, Thoughts of Mary Jane. Um, and it was a great album. Like you can listen to it now, and it's like a really terrific folk album. But he was pretty much ignored by the folk community, and his album was never critically or popularly well received.
0: Well, this was during like protest song time, right? That's true.
1: Like, yeah, the the thing, the common criticism was like people want a chorus in yeah. in your song, and that that was like super super not his his style. Um, and pretty much instantly, like, he stopped playing live performances, and this would never be another, like, in, in his whole career, it would never be, like, a facet of his, mostly because he played these weird open tunings. So, like, between every song, you would have to, like, stop at oh, the concert and yeah. be like, hold up, I need to get to, like, C-A-C-G-D-E real quick.
0: Unless he was one of those musicians that just had, like, 15 guitars on yeah, stage.
1: Yeah, I don't think that was him, because <laughs> he, like, paid, like, 15 pounds for his first guitar. I don't think it was, like, <laughs> he was never really strapped with cash. Um And so he was pretty much ignored... Um, Except by like some like hardcore fans of his, and so in 1971 he released Brighter Later, which I mentioned last week, uh, and he incorporated some more like jazzy influences and more like bluesy influences into his music. Um, and there's some really good songs on that one, At the Chime of a City Clock, One of These Things First, uh, Northern Sky, uh, and that album had contributions from members of Velvet Underground and the Beach Boys.
0: Wow! Um,
1: it sold fewer than three thousand copies. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: Uh, and so he became, like, deeply, deeply depressed after that. He suffered from, like, depression his entire life. Uh, but after Brighter later, like, tanked after he thought that it was going to be this huge phenomenon, um, he he became, like, extremely reclusive. And uh, his the, the record label that was releasing these albums at the time was called Island. They did not expect him to ever do another album. And yet, same year, 1971, he came back to them and gave them Pink Moon. Um, which Pink Moon was his final album. It was just pared down, him and his guitar. That was it. No Beach Boys jazz on it. Uh, I think Pink Moon actually has some piano in it that he played, but that was it. The rest of it was just him and his guitar. And finally, Pink Moon was like well-received by critics, and people were like recognizing, like, okay, this guy ha- is is legit. It sold worse than his other two albums, though. Oh, Just nobody gives. bought it. Yeah. Well, the big th- reason is because Drake was, like, hyper-reclusive, and so he refused to do oh, any promotion okay. for his albums at all. And back then, like, promotion and live performances were, like, yeah. big, big deals. Um, and that was very frustrating for the publisher of of this music, obviously, because, like, the people at Island were like, oh, man, this album is fucking fantastic. Please do some live performances. Please get out there. And he he would not do that. Um, and so after, after Pink Moon tanked, he retired from music. Um, and his health deteriorated in the years following Pink Moon's release until he, uh, died from an overdose of the antidepressants he was taking, uh, at age 26.
0: Oh man.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very, very, it's very awful. And there was very little like fanfare following his, his death in, I think, 74 um in 78 uh, Island the record label that had published his three albums compiled them all into a box set called Fruit Tree and that was only like an effort done by people at Island who thought he was this fucking poet genius it sold very badly <laughs> nobody bought it but his posthumous popularity and relevance grew like really steadily in the decades following his death a uh, fun piece of trivia robert smith uh, of the cure yeah. uh named the cure the cure after a nick drake lyric from time has told me uh, a lyric that goes a troubled cure for a troubled mind that's where the oh, cure comes from it's from a wow. Nick drake song uh he was cited regularly as inspirations for various b- british performers and those citations made him finally gain recognition from uh music critics who sort of found him to be this this doomed uh what did the quote that was pulled on wikipedia was doomed romantic hero uh, there were a couple documentaries released about him in 99 and 2000. And then later in 2000, The Guardian placed "Brighter Later at number one in his uh, in its uh, alternative Top 100 Albums Ever list. And now his songs are everywhere in TVs and movies. Um, he has music in the soundtrack for The Royal Tenenbaums. I was actually turned on to Nick Drake by the soundtrack to Garden State, which I do yeah, not think is yeah. a film that has yeah. held up especially well. But that soundtrack is like was very informative to me when i was 16 17 however old i was when garden state came out um that that garden state had one of these things first which is like one of my favorite nick drake tracks it's also on tv like parenthood and this is us um i
0: remember very strongly pink moon being in a car commercial
1: yeah pink moon was in a car commercial there was some commercial that had um from the morning in it which i I is a beautiful beautiful song that i love so much um one last thing about sort of his posthumous like um, following is that interest in like his very unique style of music uh, led people to uh, learn more things about his family because he came from like a family of artists. His sister was an actress um, and his mother was a poet and musician, Molly Drake, and she also wrote and wrote. Uh, recorded at home with Nick at their, like, family home where he lived for the final years of his life, she wrote these beautiful, like, heart-wrenching songs that were also delivered, like, really softly. And you hear them, and it's such a unique thing, hearing these songs by his mom that sound like it's... the Oh, this is where you got it. Like, this is why you do the music Mm -hmm. that you do is because of your mom. And so, like, uh, only a couple of years ago... Uh, a, a, the first full album of Molly Drake music was, was released. Oh, I and it heard is, that. it's absolutely beautiful stuff. Have and to it was look like a, that. and it was like a key into the life of this like super secretive, super reclusive, very like sad genius who released this beautiful, like, um, sorrowful, but it's sometimes like uplifting, very like soothing music. Um, I, I don't, I think I, Nick Drake's music is like, I've been listening to it since high school, I guess, since I I saw Garden State. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it occupies a very singular space in my life of just like, there are, there is no other music or musician that like has made me feel the way that Nick Drake makes me feel. Well, and there's
0: something about it. Like there is a sadness to it. I feel like Nick Drake has this kind of, I don't know. It's, it's not, dour you know like when I listen to Nick Drake music I don't feel like this overwhelming
1: sense of darkness there's definitely like a lot of sadness in a lot of his lyrics but I I but it th- feels contemplative
0: you know it doesn't feel like yeah
1: sure it, like dwelling on a particular I don't think if I had like I I knew some of this stuff before researching for this episode um and so I knew he was like a a fairly depressed dude but i don't think you get that just listening to his just listening to his music um it's very good music to fall asleep to also so it goes hand in hand with my naps
0: oh that's nice little theme little theme my naps thing earlier
1: nick drake it's he's he's he was a genius and um i'm glad that like he gained the recognition that he did partially because like he absolutely deserved it but also i would not have how many other artists are this is what this mostly makes me think I was like, how many other artists are there throughout time who have created music that is this beautiful and poignant, but wasn't well received at its time and then didn't gain recognition afterwards?
0: Well, I mean, we wouldn't,
1: we wouldn't know. We that's, wouldn't a, know. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I'm saying though, is like if, if Nick Drake's music hadn't been like, uh, cited by all of these like UK artists and hadn't been like finally recognized by, these different critics, like, would, would we be talking about this right now? Like, how many other artists are there out there who have made like these, this genius stuff that just for whatever reason, nobody liked, nobody liked at the time and nobody bought at the time. I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, the person that comes to mind whenever I hear about Nick Drake is Jeff Buckley. This is the same kind of story of somebody who was very talented, very young and, and died surprisingly before they really became, huge yeah
1: um so hey i know griffin is supposed to be wonderful (laughs) i know i think it is i think it is he his his life was sad his life was sad he was a he was a very sad man and very little was done uh by the like consumers of music at that time to i guess make him feel accepted or whatever and so that, that sucks. And that happens a lot for a lot of artists throughout like the fullness of time. But I think it is like incredible that like there are lots and lots of people who love his music and love him very, very, very much that he'll never know about. But like he, he, I don't know, like he has gained a sort of relevance that has stretched far, far beyond yeah. anything that he probably expected in some of his like sadder days. Um,
0: yeah, and I have to uh, imagine that was his ultimate hope. You know, I think anytime you create something that's that personal and that raw, you're hoping at some point somebody will connect to it. So yeah. hopefully your, your connection and our listeners' connections to it is, is a good thing. So look, see the days, the endless ways.
1: go play the game. That, you
0: from the
1: morning. that is our episode this week of wonderful. This is a soothing episode. I thought it, it, we ca- we came at you with Lizzo first and you're like, oh yeah, party time. And then we we're like, well, hold on. Nap, standalion's and Nick Drake. <laughs> There's a certain, that was the crescendo. And then we're just going to come down gentle,
0: come down soft. Um, uh, Griffin, do you want to thank people for the stuff we got in our P.O. box?
1: Uh, yeah, we've gotten a lot of great stuff lately. Uh, thank you to Stephanie and Dana for sending us some very, very cute Blizzard-themed baby gear. Uh, I appreciate that a lot. We got a, a Lucio onesie that I'm very excited to put on our, our boy. Uh, we got a uh, I do love you cross-stitch. Uh, and that was from Jess. Thank you, Jess. Uh, oh, I've broken my phone. Sarah sent us a Capybara-themed baby book called The Wump World, which I'm very excited to dig into. And Sasha made us a little crocheted taper, which I'm very excited about. It was
0: knit, actually.
1: Oh, knit. A knit taper. Um, And, yeah, we've gotten a lot of great stuff. Um, Oh, and we forgot to do uh, wonderful submissions from listeners. I have some here. Do you want to hear them? Yes, of course. Uh, This is one from Chase who says, I have a strange enthusiasm for buying physical media and specifically the inexplicable joy of unwrapping the plastic on movies, music, and video games. My wife makes fun of me, but she still honors me by usually saving them for me to do the honors. Um, Yeah, I love cracking open some plastic on a DVD or a game that I know (laughs) I'm about to play. I used to have one of those little things. It was like a little half of a puck with a blade in it that you just like, ooh, those were nice. Um, Connor says, I'm an adult man who keeps buying juice and other drinks in pouches like Capri Sun. Does it remind me of a simpler time? Yes. Does it feel a bit like I'm sucking the juices out of a bug? Also, yes. Yeah, we got those, uh, Honest Tea juice pouches. pouches? Yeah. Ooh, damn, I fucking wreck those putting
0: that little pointy straw through the little aluminum it's
1: barbaric and satisfying yeah uh also i mean i can only get like a, a good two gulps out of a pouch i wish i wish they made like big pouches i guess that's what like a camelback is anyway uh emily says i recently got into cake decorating and hot diggity shit if i could spend every minute uh every waking hour of my day baking and decorating cakes i would there's something so satisfying about having an idea in your mind and making it come to life with frosting and chocolate yeah. She also sent some pictures of some Moana-themed cakes that she made. Oh, that's neat. With the little ore thing that um, Maui used. And it was very, they looked very tasty and good. You know this is my shit. You know I stay up until 2 a.m. watching tasty videos in bed. Just like, yes. I cannot see enough mirror glaze cakes. I can't see enough mirror glaze cakes.
0: <laughs> I'd asked Griffin, I was like, haven't you watched this video before? And he said no, there are a lot of mirror glaze cake. They're very, videos. very hot right now.
1: Yeah. Uh Seth Carlson, thank you, Seth, uh also sent one in. Uh said Uh, For the last five or six years, I've had a routine where some nights uh, when I go to bed, I pull up a radio app on my phone, pick a random station in a foreign country, and listen to it for an hour or so before falling asleep. that's cool. My family never really traveled when I was growing up, and I only traveled out of the country for the first time in the last year, and so I've always loved hearing these small slices of other cultures. Last night, I found a radio station in Osaka that played, back-to-back, Hatsune Miku and Bob Dylan. (laughs) It's extremely good. Uh, that's a really good one. That's, yeah, that's a really clever idea. Delivery Man delivers on across all the podcasts. I <laughs> so. um, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks to Maximum Fun for having us. You can go to MaximumFun.org, check out all the great podcasts there. Uh, you can go to MacRoyShows.com to see our other podcasts and video stuff that we do. Um, anything else, babe? No, that's it. Oh, thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, uh, Money Won't Pay. It's a very, very good track, and you can find a link to it in the description uh i think that's it thanks for listening until next time we really need to talk when we're not recording ourselves about what we're gonna say (laughs) at the end here um i don't think this is it though this isn't it
0: uh what about join us next week for more wonderful wednesday tales from griffin and rachel magleroy
1: that's it we're gonna say it exactly like that (laughs) in those exact words every week you got it babe so do it just do it again right now just as a clean run again word for word exact same tone just to wrap it up and i'll be the last thing people hear
0: join us again next week <laughs>
1: Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi there. I'm comedian and movie buff Ricky Carmona. And I'm excited to tell you about a new show I'm doing called Who Shot Ya? Join me, LA Weekly film critic April Wolf. I'm going to (laughs) call Star Wars when it comes out the
0: Clint Howard Project.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Film reviews editor for The Wrap, Alonzo Durali. Everything
0: Charlize Theron knows about killing somebody with a high-heeled shoe she learned from single white female. (laughs) Trust me.
1: And our dope-ass friends each week.
0: I think we need to end this pernicious belief in our society that there is anything remotely f***able about rich dudes who
1: are emotionally <laughs> unavailable. So if you're tired of whack opinions and you're looking for a smart, funny film discussion show, check out Who Shot Your Son. That's what we do. And you can find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.